testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And there is something about this particular testimony that God is reaching out to be able to stir within our spirits so that we may rise up to the challenge that God is giving unto us. You know the mission statement and the vision that we have for, for Hope Community Church. And that is to make disciples of all nations. It is our desire to make disciples of all nations. We may baptize them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them the ways of the Lord Jesus. And to build a community full of hope. That is our mission. And our vision as we continue to share it to be a dynamic, spirit-filled church. To impact our local community the nation and the world with the love, of, of love and the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know our motto, to love, to accept, to honor every person as they are. Now, it is something that I would like to stir up within us continually. God saved you and saved me for a divine purpose. He didn't save us just to sit back and enjoy way to go to heaven. A way to go when we power life here on earth is past, we move on and, and, and to go to be with him. He saved us into a body, and that is the body of believers. And he made us to be the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, other sheep I have who are outside there, them also I desire that they may come in so that there will be one fold. Now Jesus will no longer go out there by himself to get those sheep that are still outside there. He depends on you, he depends on me. If I keep my mouth shut and you keep your mouth shut, those other sheep out there will never hear the voice of their shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be able to come into the fold. And he's seeking to stir us up that by his grace, we may be able to open ourselves so that somehow he will be able to his voice because his, your voice has become his voice. He says you are his spokesman. You, in the book of Jeremiah, there's a place where he says, if you take the, the precious from the vial, you separate them, then I will make you as my own mouth. That's what God says. He wants to make you his own mouth because... He cannot speak otherwise unless you speak. He depends on you to speak. And I would like each one of us, let us take up this particular grace that has been given unto us. Because he loved you and he loved me and he called us out of darkness. Let us not keep this particular precious message in our own hearts. Every opportunity that he gives unto you, try your best by the grace of God. Tell somebody about this love of God and this saving grace of Jesus Christ. You don't need to be a preacher to be able to do that. You just need to tell somebody, I love Jesus and he loves you. And he also can do in your life what he has done in my life. He can forgive your sin as he has forgiven my sin. He can make you to be a son or a daughter of God as he has made me to be a son and a daughter of God. And then leave it to God himself to be able to do the rest. You as yourself, God so loved the world. He loved you, he loved me, that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him, you know, should not perish but have everlasting life. You have already preached the full gospel and you have finished it. Leave it on his. Uh, he can believe or he cannot believe 
but you have done your part. And by the grace of God, somebody will come in to know the particular saving grace of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, all for the glory of God in the highest. And uh, uh, Mary, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll allow you the battery, the laptop here is dying, you can come and connect the power on, please. And so, in the, in, uh, so I encourage us, by the grace of God, take a challenge upon yourself, each one of us. Let us take a challenge upon us. Father, and this is the prayer I want you to pray, that Father, you will help me to be able to bring at least one man or one woman to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That I will be able to share the, this particular gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with somebody within the next 365 days. I'm not telling you to share it every day, every day, every day. You are jumping up and down. It's just one soul. You know, remember the Bible says, you know, one soul is more expensive, goes of greater value than the whole world put together. The value of one soul. So I want you to cry unto God yourself. Father, help me that in the next one year, I will be able to bring one soul. To, I will welcome one man or one woman into the fellowship of the saints. If you can't share, drag him or her. Bring them to the church. They will hear the, the preaching of the gospel in the name of the Lord Jesus. Don't hide in your house and don't hide in your corner. I'm wondering how will I share? No, just tell them you're welcome. Welcome to church. Who knows? That word welcome may be able to draw them. One day they'll say, oh, so-and-so told me welcome to church. Our church is in such and such a place. Let me go and check it out. They will come and they will counter, encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. And who knows, by the end of the year, if each one of us has done our part, you realize by the end of the next 365 days, you may find that we are double what we are because you have got a child of yours, a child in the faith that you are looking after, that this is my baby. I want to see him or her, even if it's white, he has white hair like me. You know, he, he, you know, it doesn't matter. He will be your baby in the Lord. I will take care to see that he, hands, he enters into eternity because I want him to grow. I want her to grow. Encourage them to come for the Tuesday prayer meeting. Encourage them to come for the Bible study fellowship on, Thursday, on Wednesdays, for the prayer fellowship on, on Thursdays. You know, all these particular meetings, encourage welcome somebody tell them that it is on zoom they can come over and the Lord will bless you in the name of Jesus Christ praise the Lord in that way we shall make we shall be of value in the kingdom all for the glory of God we shall one day when we enter into glory we shall be glad somebody will come and tell you oh thank you my sister thank you my brother it is because of you that I am here and I am not in hell at this particular time praise God all for the glory of God. I place it out, out unto us, and I pray that God will help us to be able to realize it in Jesus' name. Now let us move on with a, with a sharing for this evening, for this afternoon, brother. We are talking about the testimony of the Lord. Now remember one thing. We have, we have, we have been learning the issue, what do we learn from the testimony of God? Always remember, God is invisible. And Jesus said, no one has seen God. Only him who has come from the Father, he has declared him. That is, Jesus is the only one who has a glimpse of what the Father is like, or his form, or whatever it is that you can imagine of him. No human being, no angel, nobody has seen this God that we worship. 
He is invisible. That's what that's one of his qualities. But he reveals himself. That's why he revealed himself physically through his son. To show who he is and his likeness and to enable us to hear his voice. But he comes now unto you and unto her, unto me. And he manifests himself in us and through us. That as we look at each other, we see what God is doing and what God is like. That is, if at all we have put our trust and our confidence in him. And to realize one of the things we have said, I will just a, a quick recap. That one thing is that God in his testimony, his testimonies teach us that always God is in the moment. Don't look for him yesterday. Don't look for God to, tomorrow. Don't look for God in the tomorrow. He is always now. That's why he says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He does not, he does not become past. He does not become future. He is always, I am. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he is with you at all times. So what does his testimony tell us? His testimony tells us that he is you. As you heed, as you obey, as you hear his word, he, the next page is opened unto you. He will, may always, he will never reveal everything, all of it, and tell you, oh, from here you'll go there, you'll go there. No, he wants you to obey now because you are walking with him always. And as you heed and obey, he will be reveal himself to you more and more. As he prompts you, share with this man, and you hear that word, tell him Jesus loves him, and you obey. You know what? Jesus loves you. You will suddenly see that person, tears starting to come into his eyes, starting to cry and wonder, why are you crying? Said, so nobody has told me that anybody loves me. There are people who are experiencing such a drought of love in their lives and in their hearts, simply because they have not known love from the time when they were children. Up to this particular time, when you come and tell him, God loves you. It hits him like a big, a mighty brick right into his face. And you may see tears coming down and suddenly you have won a soul into the love of God. Simply because you obeyed in the moment. And you decided, oh, he told me to share. To, and you are wondering, how do I share? How do I share? You keep on looking and wondering. And, but the urge continues. Open your mouth and say, Jesus loves you. After all, that is, that is all. Whether he takes it, he doesn't take it. It doesn't matter. You have done your part. I have done my part. Let us obey. Secondly, we said another thing is that the testimony of the Lord, essentially, it pro provokes faith. It evokes faith in us. As you see what he has done to others, he encourages you to know that he will do the same unto you. We say that because invisible, he's invisible. That testimony is a sign. It shows us the way. The Bible says that the heavens are high above the earth. So are, so are his ways above our ways. But when you look at the testimonies of God, what he has done in the lives of people, it starts to show you what ways. What is the way where God is passing through? And you are able to start following those particular aspects. And you also find victory for your path in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the other thing we shared was that he says, You are a letter that has been written by the Lord Jesus Christ. You as an individual to be read by the whole world. And so the question that we asked ourselves was, What sort of in a message is being read? What sort of letter is being read as they look at Paul, as they look at you, as they look at you? What message is being read? 
as they behold you. That is the challenge that you should be continually looking at yourself as I look at myself. That as people look at me, what are they reading? And it is you be because you are the testimony of the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am his testimony in Jesus' name. Last time we shared on this particular aspect, we said we were talking on the issue of discretion. That the testimony of God teaches us to be discreet. That is the aspect of when we say we describe discretion as behaving in a way to avoid revealing confidential inf information. And we shared in depth that discretion will protect you, discretion will preserve you, and understanding will keep you. And we shared in depth the essence of discretion. You can go to the podcast and you'll be able to hear the teaching on the, on the issue of discretion. One of the things I remind you, God is never in the glamorous. Many times in the world we love the glamorous and the pomp. And sometimes we will always say, oh my God is working in that particular thing. But when you look at Jesus, I was meditating on an issue of Jesus this morning and it surprised me. Remember, when the people tried to come to make him king, you know, he had fed the, he had fed the, the 5,000 plus. There were many people he had fed with the five fish or the five loaves and fish. I want you to realize the strange thing of that particular miracle that Jesus did. The word of God says he went, he had gone to a place in a region that is near Bethsaida. It is on a side of, 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 of the lake of Galilee, which, is, which was a very remote, remote place. It is a place, and in fact he had gone to a mountainside, meaning it's a place that was not inhabited by many people. It was scarcely inhabited, that particular area. Now, second thing is, look when the disciples wanted to talk about food. They asked him, where shall we find food in this place? There is no food here. Let them go down to the villages where they will be able to buy for themselves food. Meaning, it was a, an arid wilderness where, where they were. The Lord had taken all these thousands away from the glamour. He was, if he had done this miracle in Jerusalem, you can imagine the impact of how it would have been. But strange enough, he does not do it in Jerusalem, where everybody will discover, wow, this is a powerful man. He has fed 15,000 people just with, and if they were to say to make him a king, ah, that would be the right place to be able to make him the king. It was a capital city, right in London, to go and do it in the center of at the Trafalgar Square and do that particular miracle. It would display his poem, but he didn't. What does he do? He goes to a remote place where there is no media, there is no whatever, nothing to announce that a miracle has happened around. And he does a spectacular miracle of feeding thousands and thousands. He is not seeking to be known. He is not seeking to announce himself that I am the feeder of the people. No, he does it discreetly because of the Papa, that is a testimony that God is telling us that he is never in the spectacular. See when even he is born, remember one thing about him. He does not allow himself to be born in a place in Jerusalem where to be known the king has been born. He is born in a manger with the animals. 
There is no celebration about him at all, even as we come to, to Christmas to celebrate. Now we celebrate all the towns that lit with lights and what have you, you know, declaring that the king has been born, but not so when he was born. He was completely insignificant. A poor, poor boy who could not even have anything. The swaddling clothes where he was wrapped around and placed into the manger where the cows feed or where the donkeys, where the donkeys feed. That's where he was. Do you know who celebrated him? The Bible says the angels saw what was happening. Man never saw it. There was no declaration in Jerusalem and all over the Israel that the king has been born. Only the angels celebrated him. Watch, be very careful with glamour. And as God works in your life, he will bring you through, through some parts that are hidden, but you are precious in his eyes. You are precious. Remember, discretion will keep you. And now today, the thing that the Lord laid upon my heart, and that's what it is that I want us to share on, is in line with what he says, Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. He says, God is not a man, that he should lie. Nor a son of a man. That he should repent. Has he said. And will he not do it. Has he spoken. And will he not make it good. Remember. He is not a man that he should lie. When he says. He means what he says. And when he speaks. He means what he speaks. The word of the Lord. Is not an empty statement. The word of the Lord is not just a mere utterance that has been uttered. Realize what his word is. And as we come to the, to the fifth thing to learn, what does the testimony of the Lord teach us as it makes us wise in our approach and in our dealings with God? Realize this particular thing where, as I'm saying, his word is never empty. Go to Genesis and you discover his word is never empty. When he dared to speak, he said, let there be light. It was not just a mere statement. Suddenly light appeared. That is the power of his word. When he said, let the, you know, the, 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 the waters be divided, uh, you know, one above the firmament and one beneath, suddenly everything happened. There was the firmament that came. Some waters were up. Others were placed down. When the word commanded and said, let the waters that are below the firmament gather into one particular heap, all of them gathered into the sea and they made the seas and the oceans into specific places. His word is power. And his word is trustworthy. His word is dependable. Don't doubt this particular word. You can doubt the word of any man or any woman, but not this word, not what he has said. Don't joke or belittle this particular word. As he says, it is not just a statement. Jesus says in John chapter 6 verse 63 that it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. What is he saying? That every word that comes out of his mouth, when you read the scripture, anything that you read that Jesus says, he says, every, the word that I have spoken, it is spirit. Meaning, it is just not just mere statement. It is a living thing. It has got potency in it. It will bring to pass 
what has been engraved into it, it will bring into form whatever it is that relates to that which I have spoken. Believe the word, believe the word of God. And so what am I trying to, 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 to portray across as I speak about the essence of the word? The fifth thing that the testimony of the Lord teaches us is to learn to be persistent. To learn to be persistent. That is one thing that the testimony of the Lord is teaching, or the testimony of the Lord teaches us. And why do I say that? I want us to look at just one or two or three, maybe four examples very quickly of what he says. Look at, if you look to Genesis chapter 32, Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 to 29. I'll read, I'll, you'll get the context. You can read the whole chapters later on yourself. The Bible says, So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, that overpowered Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's, Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he said, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. Now, interesting in that story, Jacob wrestles with this particular person. Later on, it turns out that the person identifies himself and says that he says, you have struggled with God. He had been struggling with God the whole night, although he appeared to him as a man. And now realize a strange thing. He held on to him. The man tried to push him, to push him, to get him, to get him off. Jacob held on like, you know, it's like a tick. If you have dealt with cows or sheep, you know what a tick is. It bites into the animal and, and stays there to suck the blood slowly by slowly. By. It is very difficult to get that guy out. If you pull the guy out, it comes out with part of the skin of the animal. And that is, you know, that is the way Jacob was behaving. He held on to that man so tight, the man could not let get himself off. And finally, when he could not let him off, he asked him, you know, what do you want? He says, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And you know what? Finally, the man gave in. That is the man who happens to have been God, the appearance of God. He comes in and he, he finally, he blesses Jacob the way Jacob had been seeking. Jacob had been seeking for a blessing. And the blessing he received, he was, his name was changed. To become a prince with God, a man who was prevailed with God. Why? Because he persisted. When that man told him, it is almost daybreak, I need to be gone. Uh, for whatever meant the issue of daybreak, whatever it meant. But the essence is, Jacob did not let go until he received his blessing. The testimony of the Lord is teaching you and I, learn to be persistent. There are many things you have been seeking God for. And sometimes you stop halfway. 
Simply you feel maybe I'm not praying right. Maybe, maybe God doesn't want to give it to me. No. He said, ask and it shall be given unto you. Praise the Lord. That statement of the Lord has never changed up to today. And I want you to purpose in your spirit. It does not matter how long you have been sick. I want you to daily, every moment, don't be discouraged and say that God has decided not to, to heal me. No. Keep on standing, going before him, telling God, you said I am the Lord that healeth thee. You are the Lord who heals me. I refuse to accept this particular sickness. I continue to ask you to heal me in Jesus' name. Even if it is incurable as per, as per, the, as per the doctors, be persistent. You will receive the blessing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember the testimony of that young girl who was having a tuberculosis. And she had become so frail, as thin, as thin, and as she had been given, I think, was it three weeks or three, uh, almost three weeks or three months to, to die. And while she was sent home, she read that particular scripture. I think I've shared that testimony where she read the scripture that says that, you know, he himself, he took our sin onto the cross. Where Peter says he nailed our sins on the cross, and by, his, by whose stripes we are healed. She read that scripture and she called the mother, Mama. The word it says here, it says that our sins have been what? They, they have been nailed on the cross and by his stripes we were healed. Then she said, ask him, Mom, it means I am healed. But the mother, because she was so frail, she could not even, she could only maybe eat a small bit of porridge. Now, the mother tried to keep her down. Don't move because if you move, you may die any time. But the girl was so excited, telling Mama, it, don't shout, don't shout. But she said, no, Mama, it is saying here that by his stripes I was healed. It means as far as God is concerned, I was healed. And I've been lying for years in this particular bed. I've grown as thin as a, as a needle. I can't do any, none of my clothes can be because I've gone below size 8. She was so thin and so small that, you know, that, that she could not be identified even as a human being. Yet, by his stripes, I am healed. She started to, look, mom, the mother tried to, no, don't, don't, don't. She, she forced herself out of her bed. She told mom, bring me my good dress. She, help me put it on, help me put it on. Because mom, the word says, by his stripes, I am healed. She started, she rose up from the bed by force and started walking around the house saying, I thank God my sins are forgiven and by his stripes I am healed. I am healed. I believe I am healed. She coughing and what a blood coming out but saying, by his stripes I am healed, by his stripes I am healed. Suddenly, to the surprise of the mother after a, a time, a, a, a quite a time of, you know, of, 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 of gold, a tug of war, trying to keep her down. The girl went to the sitting room, sat down and told the mom, Mom, you know what? I am healed. Bring me some, some porridge. The mom brought it. She took the whole bowl. Bring me another one. She took the whole bowl. The mother is thinking, she's, surely she's going to die. This is a sign that this is the end. She's just eating this and she will kick off. The third one, she took it. And the mother waited for her to die. She didn't die. She started walking away outside, starting walking. The mother had nothing to be able to explain. The following day, they took her to the doctor. The doctor said, what has happened? Her lungs are normal. What, what, what did you do? Something had happened. His word cannot fail. Praise God. Being persistent. Learn to be persistent.
Learn to be persistent, I encourage you. Quickly, I'll read another story. Exodus chapter 33, verse 12, verse 3, 1 to 3, and then 12 to 17. The Bible says, Exodus chapter 33. This is the Lord speaking to, to the children of Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I saw to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants I will give it, and I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite, and the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. And then listen. For I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. God was annoyed with his guys because of the calves that they had made at Mount Sinai. And he had said he was not to go with them again. They were to, he, he, was, he, he tells Moses, then Moses, he had told Moses that place that I will send my angel to go with you. Myself, I am not coming because if I be with you, I will destroy you. Then Moses in verse 12 says, Moses said to the Lord, see, you have, you know, you say to me, bring up these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and that you have found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. Now because of that intercession, verse 14 says, And God said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. You can read on to verse 17. But the essence is, Moses refused to listen to the issue of God saying, I am not going to go with you. He stuck to his guns and told him, Now, you, you have promised that, you know, I have found grace in your sight. If I have found grace in your sight, then let your presence go with us. And God essentially answers him in that place and says, He had said before, I will not go with you. God changes his mind to a concerning that statement and he tells Moses, okay, my presence will go with you. God's presence will go with you. God's answer will be yours if you choose to do something and that is not to give up so easily. Whatever you are seeking God's face, my brother or my sister, whether you are here or you are not lying, don't let go. Hold on to it. Keep on telling God, I believe, I believe. If he does not his will, he will tell you, no, child, this is not my will. You will see what happens a few moments later. Look at Jesus. Jesus in Mark chapter 14, verse 35. That is our Lord himself. The word of God says in verse 35 of Mark chapter 14. He went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, that the hour might pass from him. That is the hour of crucifixion. And he said, Abba, Father. All things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. That is number one. Then he came and found the, the, the disciples sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then the second time now he says, then again he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. 
Meaning, Abba Father, if it is possible, let this cup be, you know, be taken away from me. And he returned and found the disciples sleeping. For their eyes were heavy and they did not know what to answer. Then he came the third time and said, are you still sleeping? Meaning, three times he goes before the Father, telling, Father, let this cup go away. Let this cup go away. Let this cup go away. At the testimony of the Lord, he's telling you, when you are seeking him, don't give up. Keep on, keep on, keep on bothering him. In other words, I'll use the word bothering him. Keep on bothering him. Father, you said it. I'm not letting go. Father, you said it. As you walk along the street. Father, you said it. Father, you said it. I believe it. It will come to be in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I want you to realize how intense the persistence was. In Luke chapter 22, verse 41, 44, it says, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is possible, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became great drops of blood falling down to the ground. That is the essence of persistence. The man prayed until sweat, his sweat and the sweat got finished. Blood started oozing out of his, of his, of his sweat pores. That is the intensity that the Son of God was praying. Take this cup away from me, although not my will. But yours be done. That is the, uh, uh, the earnestness our sister Gwen shared here of us. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Elijah goes before God. God has told him rain is going to come. Those are God's own words. Rain is going to come. But you know what? When he goes to pray for the first time, rain doesn't come. He prays for the second time, rain doesn't come. He prays for the third time, rain doesn't come. And who said rain was going to come? God, not a man. It was God who said rain was going to come. He prays the fourth and the fifth time, no rain. Even the sixth time, no rain. The man didn't give up. He told you, you said it. I am the Lord that heals you. Oh God, I'm not leaving this place. For seventh time, the cloud appears. That that guy is serious. He is going to receive the blessing of the Lord. Praise God. My hope coming in Church West London. Be determined to receive the blessing of God. Don't let go. Don't let go easily. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear the servant of God Paul. The great apostle. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 and 9. This is what he says. Unless I should be exalted above measure. By the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart, that it might depart from me. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Until when God answered, the great apostle will not let go. Don't accept that negative condition in your life. 
simply because you say maybe it is God's will. No, it is not God's will until he says it is his will. That is the tenacity that God or the testimony of the Lord wants to build in each one of you and in me as his children. Let us not just let go of things and the enemy steals things from us, left, center, and right, and we stand with our hands down saying, well, it is God's will that I should suffer this way. No, it is not God's will that you should suffer that way. Until he says he has allowed that you suffer that way, persist in that particular place. Father, this depression must go in the name of Jesus Christ. For you give me the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Hold on to that promise and keep on hating the throne of grace. You will receive your answer. And as, as we draw to, to, to near, nearing the end, remember Bartimaeus. Listen what it says of Bartimaeus. Now in Mark chapter 10 verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, blood but Myers, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him, be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. And commanded him to be called. Then they called and the blind man saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that is teacher, am I, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Praise God. And immediately he received his sight and he followed him in the way. Persistence is an expression of faith in action. I repeat again. Persistence is an expression of faith in action. And the last bit as we close, we close on this one. I'll read this story, this, this particular small passage for you in Luke chapter 18. It is a, it's a passage that you know very well. But I want you to listen again to what he's saying here. Don't let go of the promises of God, of the blessing of God, of the favor of God, simply because the enemy has come to hoodwink you. No, stand your ground until God says, this is my will for you to go through this fire. Right, go through the fire. But if it is not God's will, pray that God will put it out. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 18, as we close, he says, Then he spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray, that is men and women, ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Saying, there was a certain, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he will not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge say, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out at night, cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, 
will he find faith on the earth? What is he saying? When the Son of Man comes, will he find persistent men and women on the earth who believe God and they stand their ground that God is not a man that he should lie? His word is not a mere statement. His word is what he said it is. I am not moving from here until this word forms and becomes what it says it is. I'm not moving from here until my healing is made manifest. I'm not moving from here until my daughter, my son, my husband, my whatever is restored into the grace of God. I'm not moving from here until I see the light of God shining in my horizon until he says otherwise I will not move my ground father in jesus name we bless you that you are good and your love endures forever in the name of jesus touch each one of us who are here and those ones who are online may we learn the secret of the testimony of the lord may we learn to rise up to that level of persistence so that your blessing will be realized in our communities in our families, in our land, in the church, for the glory of your divine name. May you stir us up yet once again, Father, that each man and each woman, each young man and young lady, and each child shall rise up and size up unto their souls, because your word is true. Father, establish us in this grace and in the testimony of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.